You are now listening to the Experience Magazine podcast in association with CEIA. Thank you for listening. This podcast is only made possible by listeners like you. We appreciate you and we hope that you continue to experience with us. podcast, we have a special guest, Dan Moore. Dan Moore grew up in northern New Mexico. He attended Harvard University, where he graduated with honors in three years. He also has an MBA from Vanderbilt University, where he was an honors graduate and class speaker. He started in the business world the same way tens of thousands of others over the years have. As a university student, running his own business in Southwestern Advantage's summer sales and business leadership program. He paid his Harvard tuition by selling Southwestern Advantage products door-to-door and building sales teams. Dan proudly served in Southwestern's most important role, Director, District Sales Leader, DSL. He went on to pioneer several new roles in the company, including developing new profit centers. He was named president in 2007. From student intern to president, he has never worked anywhere else. He spends some of his time as a senior partner in SBR Consulting, another member of Southwestern Family of Companies. He also serves on the board of directors of Southwestern Family of Companies, as well as on the board of directors of the Direct Selling Association. In all, he has trained more than 100,000 people how to sell, how to lead, and how to get on the path toward achieving their goals in life. He lectures frequently at colleges and universities across North America and Europe and is a guest lecturer at Vanderbilt's Owen Graduate School of Management. He is also the host of TEDx Nashville, which has more than 1,500 audience members. In his spare time, he enjoys traveling. So far, he has logged more than 6 million air miles and has been in 49 states and 59 countries. He also plays guitar and piano and is an avid runner. He has completed 24 half marathons since the age of 51 and completed the New York City Marathon when he was 56 finishing in the top half of 46,000 runners. He and his wife, Maria, have been married for 43 years and recently climbed the highest mountain in Portugal together. They have three adult children and one granddaughter, who everyone knows is the most beautiful child in the world. We are so thankful to have Mr. Moore on the show. Please enjoy this episode of the Experience Magazine podcast, hosted by CEIA. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Experience Magazine podcast. The goal of the Experience Magazine podcast is to provide space and place for both content creators and content consumers in the world of experiential and work-integrated learning. Listen to interviews with scholars, practitioners, students, employer partners, and the other thought leaders in the field. 
It's an exciting time to be involved in the world of experiential and work integrated learning. Through the Experience Magazine podcast, we will share best practices, discuss lessons learned from peers and colleagues, and explore new and innovative practices in our field. I am Eric Allenson. I'm joined, as always, alongside my co-host, Michael Not-So-Sharp. Michael, great to see you, bud. It's It's been a while since uh, we've last done this, but I'm excited to be back uh, recording another episode with you. Thank you, Eric. I likewise am happy to be back. Um, I understand that you went out for Halloween and you came back sick, and I'm wondering if you just gorged yourself on Reese's Pieces and you call it the flu. <laughs> is is that what happened? I I wish uh, I wish that was uh, the reality, Mike. But no, I I legitimately was was ill for the past couple of days, and uh, am on the upswing. However, I'm feeling much much better today. So, well, great. I'm glad to see that you're feeling better. I look forward to you looking better as well, Eric. We we have a fantastic guest uh, today, Mr. Dan Moore. Uh, Dan is our second guest that is not in the higher education sphere. And so I'm really excited to talk with him. Uh, Dan, thanks for being on the show today. How are you doing after this Halloween? We are doing great on this end, Mike and Eric. Good to be with you this morning. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. So, uh, you know, as I mentioned, you're the uh, second guest that doesn't work in the higher ed sector, and we are very much trying to get more guests like that. Often employers or academic partners have an insight into what we call experiential learning or work integrated learning that people in the academy do not have. And I see in your bio that um, while you don't necessarily, at least formally, work in a university, you do work with many universities. So uh, for our listeners here, can you just tell us a little bit about you and what you do and about your company? Happy to do my best. And again, I respect so much what you do. And there's an old saying that uh, those who can't teach do. <laughs> I think you might have that backwards, but we will take no, it. No, 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 no. Great <laughs> respect. I taught one graduate level course at Vanderbilt Business School many, many years ago, and it broke me of it. It's extremely difficult to do. So great respect for what you guys accomplished. Thank you for that. Thank you. Uh, basically, I think my story career-wise is, is a little bit unusual in that I've been in the same place for 48 years. I started when I was a freshman in college. And like most freshmen, was wondering how I was going to pay for the next year and wanted to do something a little bit different in the summertime. And sitting in the dining hall uh, on one Sunday, a student walked over and said, hey, are you a freshman? And I said, yeah, he said, I'm a senior. You mind if I join you? And that was kind of a shock for me because I never expected that type of thing to happen. And he sat down and got acquainted and a few days later called me up and asked me what my plans were for the summer. Told him nothing really definite. And he said, well, why don't you come back over on Sunday? We'll have lunch again. I'll tell you what I do in the summer. Going into my fourth summer in a sales and leadership program that's really unusual and I think it might be something you'd like to check into. So I was really curious about it and decided to go check it out. And everything about it sounded good, except it had two things I didn't understand. One was sales. It was a sales program, and I knew nothing about sales. I was a political science major. And in fact, back in the old days, the SAT used to have a self-rating for your aptitudes, and I put sales my lowest particular trait of all. Hmm. And second thing, it was going to involve going door-to-door -door away from my home. And I'd been away from home all year at school. I'd done a little bit of door-to-door -door political campaigning and didn't enjoy it at all. So other than the fact that it was something I didn't know how to do and I didn't like doing, sounded great. <laughs> but he seemed like an engaging person. I met some other people that already were involved in it and decided to give it a go. 
So went out to San Antonio, Texas my first summer and had my own business as an independent contractor with the Southwestern Company, selling educational books, literally door to door. And started with uh, no real record of knowing what in the world I was doing, but had great training from the company, great support from my student manager, and eventually caught on and decided to stick with it all through college. Would not have expected to be here all these years later. And so from starting as an intern when I was 18 and a real believer in cooperative and internship education, starting as an intern, uh, became president of the company in 2007. I've never worked anywhere else. Dan, that is quite the story. So you quite literally uh, went from intern to president and not too long of a stretch of time there. Uh, for our, our listeners here, can you talk a little bit about what does Southwestern Advantage do? What is the business? Sure. Well, Southwestern Advantage focuses on two things. First of all, the needs of students, college students in particular, to develop skills and also to develop character because both are important in the world. Character, things like perseverance, determination, loyalty, integrity, commitment to a mission. These are things that we call character traits. When you're running your own business, you're going door to door, you're away from home, you face a lot of rejection, a lot of refusal, a lot of obstacles, a lot of resistance. So you have no choice really but to develop some of those characteristics and those character traits. So our, we really feel like our main product are the young people that come through our program and become eventually leaders in the program and either leaders within Southwestern Advantage or leaders in one of our other companies within the family of companies. But our second big mission is to the consumer. And with the pandemic and so many people being forced to educate their kids at home, mm -hmm. really highlighted the need for high quality educational materials. And because our students are all college students, they all understand education. When they bring us something to the home and talk about how it can help the kids do better with school and help the parents do better helping their kids, a tremendous receptivity for that. So uh, another important note, our company started in the year 1855. So we're one of the oldest companies in America and we're the oldest direct selling company in the United States. So the mission about developing young people and also helping families has been a constant thread for everything that we've done. Dan, I, I have to say, you must be a modest individual uh, because I had a chance to read over your, your bio before the show, and it was one of the more impressive bios I've ever read. In fact, you are a Harvard grad, graduated in three years with honors and worked almost the entirety of your undergraduate experience. Can you tell us a little bit more about that experience at Harvard and how that was possible? Well, the reason I did it in three years, Eric, is because I didn't think we could afford four. Pretty expensive place. <laughs> uh, I actually give the credit to a, a high school teacher of mine. And again, this is the really important thing for people that are listening that are in the teaching community, the influence that you can have on young people. Because my high school English teacher informed me that I was going to be applying to Harvard. She didn't ask me. She didn't recommend it. She informed me. And she was a very imposing person that she brooked no discontent. So when she said I was going to apply to Harvard, I said, okay, I do want to pass your class. So I will do that. Um, I was able to have enough advanced standing credits to actually begin as a sophomore. And so that let me finish up in a little bit quicker time period. I did work all the way through in part-time jobs. But the most important job that I had was, was not really a job because it was my own business when I encountered Southwestern Advantage. Uh, after the first year in the program, I had a chance to come back as a, as a team leader and build a team with good friends of mine, as well as people I didn't know. I learned how to lead that team out on the field as well. So while I was in college, I was pretty busy with the academics. I was involved with the university choir, was involved with Model UN, 
several other things that happened. It was a terrific experience. I'm very grateful to have had a chance to go there. Dan, that is, I would concur with Eric here that you are modest uh, with such a journey. If Eric would pull off anything close to that, that's all that he would talk about. So I, I, <laughs> I, applaud, I applaud your modesty. Easy, Mike. Easy. I know. Sorry. Sorry, Eric. Uh, so Dan, we understand that, uh, just reading your bio and looking online a little bit more about, uh, your, uh, company and your work. We know that over the years you've trained a hundred thousand plus, uh, students, how to sell, how to lead, how to get on a path toward achieving, uh, meaningful goals in their life. So if for the students that are listening to this episode, what general advice would you give to them about how they can also carve out a pathway toward success? What should they be doing? What should they be thinking about to be successful? That's a really, really good question and an important one, Mike. I think, first of all, approach everything in life with intentionality. It's pretty easy to just get into a habit pattern and do the routine things we always do. Maybe go to class, not pay as much attention, maybe blow off a class because we can always watch it later. But you never know when a particular encounter or a relationship might form that can make all the difference in the world. So if we're going to be in college, if you're going to be pursuing anything, pursue it with intention, with focus, make that decision to do something important. I think it's critical what CEIA stands for, the whole idea of cooperative education, internships, work-related experience. And this is nothing against the people that run the summer school program at universities, but I am not a fan of going to summer school. I think in general, summer school is, is beneficial to certain students, but for most students, it's a repeat of the kinds of experiences they have the other nine months of the year. Use the summer to do something to distinguish yourself, something to make you stand out and make you different. Because job markets ebb and flow. Sometimes it's an employer's market. Sometimes it's the job seeker's market. Right now, you may be thinking, well, I don't even have to have much experience. They're hiring anybody. But things change. And the more we can distinguish ourselves and have something that gives us leadership ability, that's going to be an edge for whatever people can do. So be intentional. Don't just drift through things. And uh, in fact, if you feel like you are drifting, it's more important than ever to go find a counselor on your college. They're provided free of charge. And say, hey, maybe I'm in the wrong major. Help me get a focus here and, and spend that time. Part of that intentionality, I think, are the people that we spend time with. I don't know that there's any scientific studies on this, but they say that we tend to be something like the average of the five people we spend the most time with. So if you're spending time with people that care about their grades, spending time with people that care about developing themselves, you're more likely to do the same. If instead you spend time with people that just blow off classes and don't really care about anything, you're more likely to do the same. So sometimes the best upgrade in the world is to upgrade our friend group into people that are, mm. are more like the kind that we want to be. So those are, those are a couple of quick notes. Just do things that are unusual, that are different, that develop your skills. And in particular, something that is a little bit scary. Uh, we're, we're facing a particularly uncertain future. Uh, this is being recorded in the fall of 2021 when we've been through two years that nobody could really have predicted. And so we're going to have other things happen that nobody can really predict either. So if we're in the habit of only doing things we know how to do already or things that are in our comfort zone, we're not going to be ready for the, the upsets and the cataclysmic changes that are bound to occur in the future. Dan, that's fantastic advice. I, I absolutely love your commentary there. Uh, another thing that really struck me when I was uh, doing some research in advance of the show 
uh, the, the, you, and you talk about stepping outside your comfort zone. I, I mm-hmm. can't imagine being in a situation of actually leading a massive TEDx event, hosting TEDx in Nashville with over 1,500 uh, audience members. And somehow you've gotten involved in that. And mm-hmm. sounds like you've done a fantastic job. Can you talk a little bit about your involvement with TEDx and how that experience uh, started? It, it's been a terrific experience. And I'll start with a disclaimer. I've only hosted one event because the next two have been canceled due to the COVID situation. Uh, but an old friend of mine who had sold books in our program and worked with us for many years called me up and asked me if I would be interested in emceeing. He's on the board of the TEDx group here in town. So I went and met with the, the chairman and chatted a little bit. And they say, yeah, we think you can do this. And I was actually scared to death because I'm a real admirer of TEDx and, and the people that prepare these talks and presentations. So I called up the previous MC and he was massively helpful to me. He just said, look, your job is to tell the audience they're going to be OK. Tell the audience you're going to take care of them, that it's not about you. It's about the speakers. And so that was the, all the inspiration I needed, because to me, it is about the speakers. And I've always felt like the MC's job is definitely not to be a stand-up comedian. The MC's job is to summarize what the previous person said and then properly introduce the next person and keep the show moving and flowing as well as it possibly can. It was a, it was a thrilling event, a great experience to have a chance to do. And God willing, and, and the board wants me back, I'd love to do it again. Ted, or I'm sorry, not Ted, Dan. Uh, Ted that sounds that that'd work. I could be Ted Lasso. <laughs> uh, Dan, that sounds like a wonderful experience and something that um, I can see having a very high impact, reaching a lot of people. And I'm also a big fan of TED Talks. I know Eric Allenson is as well. We often use TED Talks in our classes that we teach and when we meet with folks and we're running seminars and trainings, et cetera. Um, I want to go back to something that you talked about, which has really been resonating with me and I think resonating with a lot of our listeners, which is the ever-changing landscape, which really was accelerated through the pandemic. And, you know, I've talked to some experts that, that say, and I agree with this, that there has been some sort of silver lining, some uh, positive things that have emerged one is what we're doing exactly right right now, which is that we've all had to learn rapidly how to interact in a virtual space where before the pandemic, a few of us sort of knew how to do that, but it was clunky. And now we have multiple platforms. We have ways to to really, really make make that work. And as we hopefully are coming out of the pandemic here soon, I can see some of the legacies of those COVID-19 silver linings sticking around. But if I were to ask you as an educational partner, as an employer, as someone that really operates outside of the university, but still works with a lot of students, if you were to imagine what is the world, particularly the world of the campus community sort of um, engagement, whether it's co-op or internships or service learning, what do you imagine it's going to look like five years from now, 10 years from now, even 50 years from now? Well, I'm pleased to answer immediately. I have no idea. (laughs) In other words, as you just mentioned, uh, Mike, going to the virtual learning that everybody was forced to do was not anything anybody expected. Uh, In fact, in our program, which is based on face-to-face sales, in 2020, we weren't sure we could go door-to-door. The whole country was in lockdown. So I give massive credit to my head of sales and the top sales leaders who developed a way to sell virtually with our products 
without being face-to-face with someone. And we actually spent the first two to three weeks of 2020 doing exactly that, adapting, adjusting, not doing any face-to-face personal contact with people until the, the wave decreased and it was okay to go out and actually meet people again. So to me, the most important traits are not so much trying to peg what the future is going to be like, but instead develop our own internal ability to be adaptable and flexible. In fact, this is a, a lead-in, I suppose, for the, for the book that I've written that's going to be coming out this spring. And the book is called Not Back to Normal, Forward to Better. Oh, Everybody wants to go back to normal, but if you think about it, normal had its problems. Normal had issues economically, politically, with uh, ethnic divisions, with all kinds of uncertainties. Normal was was normal, but we don't want to go back to normal. We want to go forward to better. And so the most important thing is to glean lessons from everything that happens, good, bad, and ugly, and say, how can this, first of all, make me a better person? And second, how can I make the world a little bit better? Because one thing we've all noticed is that the interconnectivity that we have through these digital means is important. But more and more studies are showing that children that are falling behind, it's because they don't have the contact with other kids. The, the college students have become increasingly disengaged. It's not because they're not bright. It's because they have become too into the digital world. And there's, there's a strong, strong correlation between face-to-face contact, personal connection with people, and our ability to be more empathetic ability to be better listeners. There's an interesting study at the University of British Columbia a couple of years ago with two people going to dinner and measuring their attentiveness and concentration during the conversation. And the test was, could you take your phone and put it on the table, even face down? And the amount of concentration that both partners had when there was a phone present was measurably less, simply because everybody wonders, well, when's the next notification going to happen or when's the next call going to come in? instead of focusing on that person across the way. And so if technology fails, my concern is that many, many young people in particular are going to feel like a ship without a rudder, and they're not going to know what to do with human nature. So although we can't really predict the world can be like, I think we can always be working on ourselves and the fundamental traits of self-awareness, people knowledge, flexibility, adaptability, values, character traits, uh, our own self-perception, our ability to have a better perspective. These these are all the most important traits. This is where the, the origin of the book that I've written is, is on developing ourselves for a particularly uncertain future. Dan, that's fantastic. And I did not know that you have a book uh, coming out. When do you expect that to be published? It's supposed to be out sometime in the first quarter of 2022. Wow. So I'll I'll fire back when when that actually happens. Okay. Well, we may have to have you back on uh, the podcast when that book is out to talk specifically about the book. I'm just uh, curious, was the inspiration to write that book? It sounds like it was because of the pandemic. So, um, Actually, it wasn't, Mike. It's interesting. It's, hmm. It's based on a talk that I've given to colleges all over the country and all over Europe. And the talk was how to prepare for a future that no one can predict. And I've been giving the talk since about, 2011 or so. And at the University of Colorado, that other UC place, a few years ago, I was given the presentation and there was a father of one of the students in the audience. And he walked up to me afterward and said, I really enjoyed your talk. Have you written a book about that? And I said, no, never even thought about it. He said, you should. And he walked off. So that planted the seed. So I started the book in 2016. I wrote about a page and a half and said, I'll come back to this in a week or two. (laughs) 
in 2019, my CEO said, uh, I understand you're writing a book. And I said, yeah, I've started it. He said, good, you need to finish it by the end of the year. And I said, why? Is my job on the line? He said, no, it's just remember, a goal is a dream with a deadline. Mm. An old Zig Ziglar quote, a goal is a dream with a deadline. So if you don't have a deadline, you're probably never going to get it done. So I opened it up again and realized I had not added a single page in, in three years. So I really, my wife and I took a wonderful three-week vacation to the Azores Islands where she grew up. And she went to see family and do genealogy. And I sat in a coffee shop and I wrote 80% of that book in a three-week period of time. So it was based on the presentation with students because it seemed to resonate with them and with anybody in the audience that we can't control what's going outside of us, but we can certainly work on ourselves. Uh, I, one of the subtitles of the book is using the CIA FN, <laughs> not the CIA we think about, but it's a simple little acronym. C stands for control. There's a very limited number of things in the world we can control, but we should work to control those that we can. Hire the things we can influence. And primarily, we can influence other people. We can influence our own attitudes. We can influence the results that we attain by our efforts. And A is the biggest bucket. And these are the things we just need to accept for now. That's the FN. Because in all of our experience, we've personally, and people we've observed, expended way more emotional energy on things that we can neither control nor influence than we do on those two things. And if we blow all of our energy on things we ought to just accept for now, because what it is is what it is, then we're not going to have anything left and things are in control and influence. So the real theme is self-awareness and can I become a better, more disciplined person, more goal-oriented, but also more giving, more generous, more other-oriented. Dan, you have an amazing story and uh, I'm really excited for this book to come out. I, I definitely think this could be a resource we even utilize and integrate with some of our uh, teaching practices, particularly for, for early students uh, as, as a motivation tool, because uh, I think it sounds very inspirational. Um, wh where could our listeners go to find out more about you? Or, uh, and then even in the future, where, where could our listeners go to find out more about this book that's coming out? Well, I'm sure that uh, our marketing team will do a proper promotional campaign on it. I guess to, to hear me more often, if anybody can actually endure that, I host a podcast called The Action Catalyst. And The Action Catalyst is not so much my talking, but it's, it's interviewing guests to develop insights and inspiration from them that we can then apply to our own lives. And it's a fantastic experience. comes out about once every two weeks. So The Action Catalyst, available wherever all fine podcasts can be downloaded. And I'd recommend that, not so much because it's me. In fact, I co-hosted with our CEO, Dustin Hillis. It's, it's an interesting uh, sidebar. For many years, uh, I reported to people older than me. But for the past three years, my boss is a guy who's not yet 40. And I'd like to tell you that I'm not yet 40 either. But I'm actually closer to 70 than I am to 40. <laughs> so he is also one of the co-hosts. And we have some fabulous guests. So the Action Catalyst is one I could definitely recommend. There's no ads on it. It's not a moneymaker. It's just intended to get the word out. And I'll, I'll go you one better. If we can make the schedules work, I'd be happy to come up to Cincinnati and, and do the presentation live for your students. Again, wow. I'll do that as a service all over the place. That would be fantastic. We would we would love to host you, Dan. That'd be a lot of fun. Well, good. One of the board members of CEIA is Dr. Ralph Brigham, who's our campus relations director. And he and Scott have conspired a few times to get me together at FSU and other places to do that presentation. So happily do that. Well, Dan, 
we're we're emerging uh, now towards kind of the time limit of our show. I, I wanted to say thank you on on behalf of us, on behalf of CEIA, for coming on board and sharing a bit about your story as well as your background at Harvard, Southwestern Advantage, and your career trajectory, which has been absolutely fantastic. Um, I, I also would be remiss if I didn't acknowledge the fact that you were a 2019 Kettering Award recipient from CEIA as uh, the top employer that year for our industry. So we thank you for your commitment to the organization, your commitment to uh, helping educational institutions as well as our students. Well, you're very welcome. And thank you both for what you do every day. Super grateful for what you do. And let's all keep carrying that torch of developing people for the future. All right. Everyone, this has been uh, a production of the Experience Magazine podcast brought to you by CEIA. For our guest today, Dan Moore, Michael Sharp, our co-host, and our producer, Julius Freeman, I'm Eric Allenson. And until next time, have a great day. Southwestern Advantage is about so much more than just helping your family with education. Our company is the nation's oldest entrepreneurial program, helping college and university students build character and develop the skills they need to achieve their goals in life. These are the kind of skills employers seek that cannot be taught in a classroom. Skills such as problem solving, effective personal communication with people from all walks of life, confidence, attitude, goal setting, and more. Since 1855, the Southwestern Family of Companies has invested in purpose-driven people who are inspired to build principle-guided businesses that impact the world. And for many, that purpose started with a summer at Southwestern Advantage. But this program isn't just about growing the young men and women whom you'll see in the community. It's also about growing your own son or daughter, and the educational resources they will bring to your home are second to none, with learning systems that address the whole child from preschool to 12th grade. Uniquely designed by top educators, these resources serve the modern needs of today's private, public, and homeschooled students. They're kid-approved, parent-preferred, and teacher-recommended. At Southwestern Advantage and the Southwestern Family of Companies, we invest in building people and inspire them to achieve their goals in life to positively impact the world. Learn more at southwesternadvantage.com slash action.